Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. I love when I start the podcast, Aaron, and I can check our levels here on our, on our little program that we're recording the podcast on. You can just see the energy physically. In front of me, you it's can popping. see it's popping. It's popping. You can see that we're excited to podcast and to talk college baseball with you every week here at baseballamerica.com on iTunes, and of course you can follow every all the action at Baseball America on our Twitter page. Uh, we're not Twitter. We're not tweeting at the end of every half inning like some of these uh, college baseball Ugh. SIDs I see now, which is awesome. We're not. It wasn't every. It was a. It was every time there was a score change. This guy was tweeting. Uh, this weekend, so uh, we don't do that, but we do update our website, our our Twitter page. It's twitter.com backslash Baseball America. Close to a thousand followers already. So what are you waiting for? Come follow us at baseballamerica.com on our on our Twitter page. And Aaron, uh, another exciting week. The college baseball season is winding down. Every tur- every team that's in a conference that has a tournament is in its last entering the last week of the regular season. That means we're going to have a lot of Thursday games as teams are out of school. Uh, you're probably going to get some two-a-days. <laughs> you're probably going to get some teams. Sure. A lot of practice time this week because they're not in class, so you can abuse those kids now. Absolutely. Um, and then after next weekend, we'll have conference tournaments, regionals follow right after that. So we're getting to uh, crunch time in college baseball. And we've had a lot of volatility this year in the top 25 area, but I think a few weeks ago, I'm not sure how many weeks it's been now, but whenever we hit on UC Irvine, as our number one team, I think we hit on something there. Yeah, this team. I think it's looks, four weeks in a row. This team looks like an Omaha team for sure. You know they sure do. I mean, it, you know, and I, the the one reservation that I think you and I have both had with them all season long has been the pitching depth. Uh, but boy, you know, when, when when Daniel Babona gives you seven or eight or nine innings every single week, um, and Tristan Tristan Bergman has been consistent as he's been. Uh, you know, you don't need a ton of depth. You got you got Eric Pettis back there. You got Crosby Slot. I mean, you got everything you need. Those four guys. I mean, and they've got some other guys that, that, that have pitched pretty well for them. But mostly, it's been those four guys right. who've been fabulous. Um, and, and you know, I don't get the feeling that any of these guys are, are close to wearing down. Um, you know, and I feel like Mike Gillespie's done a great job protecting their arms, and they just they're just good. They're just efficient, and and they can work deep into the game. So you see, Irvine. Yeah, I mean, what else can you say? They're just so consistent. It's very impressive. I, mean, I think uh, they, they, I was looking this up, and I needed to check it again. They've lost back-to-back games all year twice. That's it. I mean, that's, I mean they've only got 11 losses. But so many teams in our rankings have lost series or have gotten swept. Right. And we're going down the rankings, people, and <laughs> we keep on looking. And, and we'll get to this with a lot of other teams. You keep looking at other clubs and say, well, they got swept by that team. Well, they got swept by that team. I mean, you can't get swept. You can't get swept in that way. You know, how can you get swept at home? Irvine, not only that, I've been swept. I mean, they just they, they've not lost they've, a series. They rarely lose back-to-back games. It's only happened twice. So, are they the only team left that has not lost a series? I think they are. I believe they are. Uh, I believe they are the only team that hasn't lost a series. And the, you know, uh, and you saw them early. Uh, you'll see them in regionals, which is uh, neat. We're going to send you out yeah. to the OC for some regionals. But that's one time where they lost back-to-back games. But it wasn't in Houston. They lost the last game in Hawaii. And they lost the first game in Houston, but then they rallied and won their last two games in the Houston College Classic. So, and then the next week they lost two games on the week, not on a weekend. It just 
they've been so consistent. It's just uh, that's what baseball's about: grinding through a season and bringing your best and, night and, in and night out. And their best is as good as anybody's in the whole country. That's and, for sure. And that's why I think that they're able to grind it out and be so consistent is because they're veteran, they're older. I mean, they're seniors all over this club. They've they've been to Omaha. They, a lot of them they've yeah. been to Super Regionals last year. I mean, they they know what what they got to do. Yeah, I, mean, I think sometimes uh, when I talk about that team, I, I give a lot of the credit to Coach Gillespie. I know Coach Gillespie real well. But those players who have been through this grind, I think it's also players who went through the disappointment of last year. Like two years ago, they were like a surprise team to go to Omaha. They went yeah. on the road, won a Super Regional at Wichita State. And the last year that Coach Serrano was there, that was a big deal. Last year, a little bit more of an upset. Uh, a little bit, more, I think it was almost – because LSU, I don't think everyone knew what to make of LSU. Right. They had that crazy long win streak. And Irvine had the lead late in the game to go to they Omaha. They had about a five-run lead with uh, an, inning, you know, an inning or two left. I mean, after they'd already won the first game of the Super right. Regional. I mean, they were right there. That was a crushing Super Regional loss. This team, to come back from that and kind of use that uh, as fuel the whole season, I think it's evident they just don't let up. Yep. That, when you blow a lead like that and you're a veteran club, to see them come back and they, just, they don't let up, they don't blow leads, they don't blow series, they don't let one loss to crush them. That's how you don't lose consecutive games. That's how you don't lose series. It's a, it's a very uh, veteran approach. It's, it's impressive. It's impressive to see from afar, and I'm looking forward to you getting there uh, to see them uh, not from afar. Uh, what else stood out to you in the top ten this week, Aaron? A little bit of a shakeup uh, with North Carolina taking a tumble, losing a series, uh, you know, on the road, but it's you know it's 30 minutes away. Uh, you know, they, they show up at the ballpark and uh, get off the bus in their uniforms uh, when they go to NC State. But we did drop North Carolina a few spots. Anything else in that top ten really stand out to you? Ole Miss maybe losing a series Yeah, as well? bo- both those series I thought were, were pretty surprising. I mean, Ole Miss losing a home series to Mississippi State. Uh, UNC, you know, losing to do a really bad NC State team. There's no other way to put it. It's NC State, John, is NC really bad. Yeah. Uh, and Mississippi State isn't good either. But, I mean, I think they're better than NC State. I think you're right about that. So, I mean, those are, those are just two bad losses for those two teams. I mean, it's going to happen sometimes. Uh, it doesn't happen to UC Irvine, but it's going to happen to most teams. Right. You're, you're going to have a, a hiccup. But, um, you know, LSU, to me, I mean, continues to show that they're the best team in the SEC. Uh, they have been all year long. They were in the preseason. They That's are right. now. That's they're the right. most consistent. They're the most talented. They're well coached. Um, they've made adjustments when they absolutely. haven't, when, they, when they've struggled a little bit. Uh, they have been a little bit different team yeah. than we thought, Aaron, but that yeah. doesn't mean they're any less good than hey, we give, thought they'd give be. Give Coach Maneri and his staff a lot of credit. I mean, it's easy to look at this team and say, well, they were you know, a number two or whatever it was in the preseason. They're right. supposed to be good, but it's it's hard to pull the trigger on the kind of adjustment, the shakeup that they made uh, down the stretch. You know, That's moving right. everybody all around, and you know, LeMayhew to second. You're your preseason All American, and your other preseason All American, Schimpf, goes to the outfield. I mean, that's that's a that's a bold move, and it has paid off in a big way. They've beaten all the best teams in their league. That's that's exactly what they've done. They have the one series loss in the league against Tennessee, right? And they have so, and they have the series loss to to Illinois. Uh, to me, the the big key for them, they've played great on the road all year. Yes, which is what that's how you win every series, like like uh, Irvine has. Um, this was huge for me to see them beat a good team at home. They've had trouble at home. They, both right. their series losses are at You're home. Right. Uh, Florida is a well coached team. Florida is a, an explosive offensive team, as we talked about in last week's podcast. And yet, for them, for I think at the top of the rotation with Renato and Coleman to give up one run. In those two games speaks volumes right. for how good LSU can be in the postseason. I think they have the offense to maul you when they need to, 
and they have the pitching to shut down opposing good offenses. That's what they did this weekend. Absolutely. Uh, and and behind them in the SEC, Aaron, let's let's get into that a little bit before I do want to talk about some of the new teams that have some new blood in the, in the rankings. Right. I want you to educate people uh, who don't know about those teams a little bit about them. But let's talk about the Southeastern Conference because at the top, it's a it's a mess. LSU's only a half game up in the league uh, over Alabama in the SEC West. Alabama's the hot team in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, we moved them up quite a bit this week. We moved them up to 12, nine spots after they sweep a slumping Arkansas team, which falls out of the rankings. Arkansas lost four out of five series, and it sounds like Arkansas's experience was a real edge for them coming in, uh, less of an advantage as the other rest of the teams get more games under their belts. What's uh, helped Alabama vault to the top besides uh, the uh, – banishment of Myers quickly from their weekend rotation? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a few things. First of all, I think they were just surprised and, and disappointed and caught off guard by their their slow start because they thought they were going to be really good, just like we thought they were going to be good. That's right. Uh, and, and, you know, that it, it just took a little bit to recover from that. I think they're just, hit, I think they're just playing up to their potential now. I mean, they're a, a great offensive team. They're athletic. They're powerful. They play pretty uh, good defense. They play pretty Not good great, defense. But they're pretty strong up the middle. I it's hard to find a better double play combo for me. Yeah, I don't know how they are numerically you. turning double plays, but if I had to start picking second base shortstop combos in the country, Rutledge, Rutledge and, and Wilson would be on the, my short list. No question, That's a great combination. That might be it might be the best out there. And last year was when we were obsessed with with uh, up the middle. That's uh, right. <laughs> but they they also have experience. Defazio behind the plate is a senior. They have experience behind the plate as well. So they're they're pretty strong up the middle. If it were two thousand eight, yeah. we would have been we'd be really really excited about. That's it. right. <laughs> We learned our lesson. But, I mean, also, I mean, you know, pitching-wise, Austin Hyatt, I mean, give the guy credit. He's, he's, he's really given, given them a, a rock at the top of the rotation. You need that in the SEC. I mean, I, it's so important, I think, to have that one guy you can lean on and the rest of the staff kind of falls into place behind him. And it's not a great pitching staff. Right, right. Uh, you know, the, the other starters have been consistent. Del Howe's been very inconsistent. He's been great at times, but he yeah. hasn't been at other times. He's just been okay. Um, it, it, like you said, I mean, to me, uh, the other difference for them seems to be their bullpen. Uh, they've tried a lot of guys in the back of their bullpen. Now Jake Smith, their third baseman, has kind of moved into that closer role or like moment of truth guy. He's got a couple saves. He doesn't have blow your waist up, but he's a, you know, 89, 91 with sink. Yeah. Uh, he can't spit a breaking ball. I, I don't have my scouting report in front of me. I think he's got a split too. Um, but it was a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to uh, Coach Gaspar, their assistant coach. Um, he mentioned how moving Jake Smith with the bullpen – he thought it was really steadying for their bullpen, and, that, and that's that they, they they really needed someone to come out of their bullpen and just throw strikes. That's right. what they really needed, and that's what Jake Smith's been able to do. And you know that that that's been the key. So they don't have overwhelming arms. They don't have a Renato uh, like LSU had. Right. But if they throw strikes and give their defense a chance to work and just give themselves a chance, they certainly have the offense with a hundred home runs. That's <laughs> it. That's how they're constructed. That's exactly right. So uh, Alabama moves up quite a bit. Um, we Oklahoma moves up a little bit. Go ahead, though, Aaron. I was going to say, we didn't quite know how to stack up Alabama and Florida. And because, Ole Miss. And Ole that Miss. That was tough. That was a big debate. Yeah, I mean, those three teams, you know, what do you do with them? Uh, you know, there's, there's, they've all kind of swept each other, and so it's, I mean, how much stock do you put into Florida sweeping Alabama in March? Right. Uh, when Alabama is, is the hotter, more consistent team over the last 23 games, they're 18-5. and five. Uh, They've been winning series. I mean, Their conference record's marginally better. You're really splitting hairs. Splitting hairs doing is right. Alabama and Florida. So, and you could get you. We could have, certainly could have gone either way. Absolutely, but we went with the we went with the hotter team. Yeah, you got to you got to pick one. Uh, we went that way. You know, Aaron Virginia is in our top ten for the first time this week. Let's talk a little bit about the the Wahoos before we talk about some of the new blood in the in 
the team and the, the poll. Uh, the ACC standings are quite uh, uh, you know compre- compacted, compressed at the top. I believe Georgia Tech has taken the lead as the top percentage team. No, it's, I guess actually it's, it's Florida State that has the top percentage right. in the league. But they lost a series this weekend. They had been the hot team. They lost a series at Georgia Tech, a hard-fought series. Uh, the, I watched the game Saturday uh, on TV. Uh, at least I, you know, I T-voted thanks to the wonders of technology I was able to watch it. Uh, that was an interesting game. I don't think Florida State's pitching is Omaha caliber. No, it's not. It's not. I'm not sure Georgia Tech's pitching is Omaha caliber. I'm wondering if Virginia's is. Is Virginia's pitching Omaha caliber? And do they have the offense that can complement that kind of staff approach? Because, they, again, they don't have one guy. They don't have a guy like going out like Austin Hyatt is every well, weekend and going to the post every Friday and giving them the Well, the well Danny Holson has just about been that okay. guy. I mean, you know, he, he didn't have a great weekend this past week, but he's been awfully good for them as a freshman. Um, you know, twenty-two and one out of conference for Virginia. That's that doesn't tell you anything because their schedules. So we got I can't get past that with Virginia. Yeah, I mean, you know, you still got to win the games, though. I mean, it's, you're it's right. I think it's hard to go twenty-two and one against anybody. You're right. I mean, you're right. It's not a good schedule, but I mean, they've been consistent. They've beaten. This is their mo. They've beaten every team that they have to beat that they should beat, and they've got, you know. As far as quality series, well, there's not a lot there. They they went one one and one against Georgia Tech. That's their right. best series. Uh, but I don't know. There, I mean, I, I really like this team offensively. I love the defense. I love the team's speed. Um, they're as usual built for their ballpark. Um, you know, the pitching is a little bit of a question, but I mean, it, it helps that they've got a couple of uh, really reliable veterans with Caraway and Packer. Right. Um, you know, and and Holson and Mori have stepped up as well on the weekend. So I mean, it's. You know, I think they're I think they're solid. I actually still think Georgia Tech has better arms. I mean, Georgia Tech to me, out of this group, I think has the the best chance of of making an Omaha run because you've got Deck McGuire. You know, perhaps he's one of the best Friday starters in the league. I, I mean, think he, you could make the case he's the best guy. I mean, I think Alex could. White. I would still go with Alex White. I think Alex White's the best talent, but yeah. I think he's been inconsistent a little enough. bit. A little he bit. He missed with his fastball again this Friday night um, against NC State and. NC State's a team's hitting two sixty something. Yeah, that's Alex good. White should go in there and shove it against that team. And right, he really right. he, that's the kind of team that he should dominate. And he didn't. Yeah, he didn't dominate. Jimmy Gilhini dominated North Carolina, which is hey, a left hander beat North Carolina, what a shock. Right. <laughs> I, honestly, North Carolina uh in the wrong matchup, Aaron, uh <laughs> they could lose to anybody. The right left handed pitcher against them, I should say the correct left handed pitcher again against them, uh you're it's a great they, point. They that could, that have, could definitely be a fatal so, flaw. They're just so left-handed. You know, Georgia Tech is almost as left-handed. Right. The difference is they have Luke Merton in the middle of that lineup. He's a senior, pretty good bloodlines, younger brother of a big leaguer. He's a big donkey, but he's not as much of a donkey as he used to be. He's lost 20-some pounds. You know, you look at him, you, you can see he's trimmer. He's had a really productive year. He's more selective. You put Luke Merton in the middle of North Carolina's lineup, and that just changes everything. Well, first of all, he he dwarf all his teammates because he's a big guy. But second of all, um, that would make a huge difference. North Carolina is lacking that one big righty bat. You know, last right. year they had such such a variety in their lineup with Federovich and Flack and those right. guys, Seth exactly. Williams. And they weren't a great player, but they were they were solid right handed bats. That's all they need. That's the difference to me between North Carolina's pitching is better than Georgia Tech's, but Georgia Tech's is comparable. Um, and then I think Georgia Tech's a better lineup, a much better lineup, and the, the fact they have more balance is a, is a big part of that. So I, I like kind of how we have the ACC I, teams lined up. I honestly, Tech, North Carolina, Virginia, and then Florida State. I honestly, John, still like Clemson the best out of all these teams, except for maybe North Carolina. Except for North Carolina, I mean, I yeah, like Clemson the you. best out of that group. 
I'm not there with you. I know you're not. One. I know you're not, and that's fine. We, <laughs> we, we, this goes back to a debate we had in the preseason. <laughs> but, uh, Battle but lines I, have been drawn on that one. I, I like Clemson's arms better than any of those teams, and, and yeah, their offense isn't, isn't I think great. Clemson, Clemson has really good power arms. They've been very inconsistent. On Lately, the though, I think they've found some answers. I mean, I think Casey Harmon uh, has been that's outstanding a, for them on Saturday. One. I mean, he's, and, he's a good pitcher. And who's the guy they got back from injury? It's a veteran. Trey Delk. Trey Delk. That's a big part for that. That gives them another. That gives them an experienced right, arm, right. a guy they know what's going from week to week, as opposed to where Dwyer and Stoneburner, I think, have big time arms, but they've been a little inconsistent. Right. And having those guys having to be on Fridays or Saturdays, it's a lot better if those guys are Sunday and midweek. Right. And, 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 and Dwyer pitched well on Sunday. It's this a week. very. This is a. It's a very dangerous team. I agree with you. I'm not sold on their bullpen necessarily. They Perez I, has kind of been there. Their moment of truth guy, and I'm just, I'm just not sure he's good enough to be that guy. I just think that they've got they've got so many different options in the bullpen, um, you know, because they've got they've got Perez, uh, they've got uh, uh, Scott Wiseman has come back and is doing extremely he's well been for, them, for them. Power arm, it's a great point. Um, good points all. You're you're making sense. You, I, I believe in Clemson more now than I did uh, in the preseason. I'll get, how's that for a, how's that for an answer? Progress. The Baseball America podcast, <laughs> along with Aaron Fit and his uh, Clemsonian self. I'm John Manuel. Uh, Aaron, a lot of new teams at the back of the rankings this week. Uh, let's start off with an old team, same as the new team, which is Minnesota. The Golden Gophers were in our rankings earlier this season. I think it's safe to say, Aaron, that when we talked a lot about the Big Ten earlier this year, we were warranted. The Big Ten has proven to be pretty good league, pretty competitive league, and they're four, I think, good teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. I think, it's a, I think it should be a three-bid league. I don't know if it will be, but when you stack up the rest of the country – it's really got a chance. I think it's got a chance to be a three-bid league, don't you think? Absolutely, I do. I mean, I think there's, you know, it's hard to find 64 good teams this year. We've been saying it the last couple of weeks. The the more I look at the the, the field projections, I mean, it's hard. Yeah. It is. And, all, and Minnesota has been the team that's played the best in the league and has played the best non-conference schedules. Yeah. That's why I feel best about Absolutely, the Absolutely, 100% with you. Um, you know, and Ohio State did show us something this weekend. They really did. But then again, they got blown out in two games by Louisville in the midweek, so... That that showed us nothing. <laughs> that that was very disappointing to see that for Ohio yeah. State. If they wanted to make a case for getting in the rankings, they had to beat Louisville. Right. Brings us to Louisville. Louisville's in the rankings this week at number 23. This is a team that we ranked in the preseason. They basically got booted as soon as they got swept by Florida, correct? That's right. Nair to be seen again. Um, that's, until now. Until now, really. And, then the, and that's the thing. That, that midweek, those two wins over Ohio State, was pretty resounding. That. That said a lot to me because I do think Ohio yeah. State's pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. Uh, Louisville seems like a team that they got a, they got a true Friday guy in Justin Marks and a very offensive ball club. Do they have a chance to replicate their 2007 run and get to be- get back to Omaha? Or are they not quite that caliber of that team? I don't think so. I don't think they've got. I just don't think that they've got quite as much explosion this year. I mean, that that team a few years ago was a really special group. I mean, there's a lot of seniors on that team. You could also they could beat you with running or the power. A lot of team. speed, a lot of power. They had they had good experienced arms. They had a guy in the bullpen, Tristan Magnuson, who was just a shutdown yeah, closer. He was a, he was a difference maker, I mean, no doubt. You know, it, this this team, I think. Uh, there are some there are some issues here. I mean, they, they've had some injury problems, some some guys that they really miss. I think. Um, I mean, I, I like I like this team. You know, I still think they're the best team in the Big Big East, and and I think they certainly are a top twenty five team. I'm glad we've got them back in. I thought they were they were close to getting back in last week for me. Um, but uh, no, I don't think it's an Omaha team. And the difference is that on the mound after Marks, 
you get a lot of double-digit games with them right. in the Big East. And right. yeah, the Big East offenses are not as good as the rest of the as the rest of the country. Is the Big East a two-bid league this year? You think the South Florida? I think getting probably. Large bid? I think probably. I mean, it's you know right now South Florida is still winning the winning the regular season. Right. Um. And and they're frankly they are good enough to do, to to win the to win the automatic bid and to to beat Louisville this coming week at South Florida. I mean, I, I I like their club. I do. Their RPI is what hurts them. Um. But. Uh, you know, hey, they're they're they've got a really good record in the Big East, um, and I think that I think they could probably get in even with a shoddy RPI because they're eighteen and six in the league. I mean, it, they got to beat Louisville this weekend, I think, to have a shot in at large. But yeah, I think I think you're right about that. But they, you know, their their RPIs in the mid sixties. You know, that would kill a team in the SEC, yeah, or in the Conference USA, maybe or ACC. But in the Big East. It might not kill them. It might not. Uh, it might not be doing. You'd, you'd like to see a little bit higher, considering they, they're in Florida. But you would. Uh, that's that's the big difference. Their their conference games bring them down. Their midweek games have to be cognizant of that in my mind and play better midweek if they can. But right. you know, it's tough. Some of the schools in Florida. I don't. I don't know how often Florida State wants to play them or Miami. And I'm going to guess that if they play, they don't get return games. You know, I don't think you get Miami going to Tampa too often, or Florida State for that matter. Yeah. So uh, it's a Baseball America podcast. He's Aaron. I'm John. Uh, we'll get to a couple of your podcast questions here in just a minute. We've got uh, podcast at baseballamerica.com is that email address. Aaron, the other new team in our ranking is Elon. Uh, actually, two more new teams, Elon and Missouri. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Elon, then we could wrap up maybe with Missouri. Now, you've uh, we've featured Missouri, uh, Elon, I should say, in the uh, kind of under the radar or the scouting report section of the weekend preview previously. Uh, this is another – they're kind of similar to some of the teams we talked about earlier in terms of being a really veteran ball yep. club. That seems to be their defining characteristic. They're offensive or veteran, and they got a two-way guy in Corey Haralcheck whose name gets thrown around these offices because it's fun to say uh, using the Olenberger inflection. But this is a, this is a, a team that could – you could, I could see Elon – being like uh, College Charleston was, I guess a couple was it Charleston or I guess or Oral Roberts a couple of years ago, where they went on the road and won a, a regional and then they lost that super regional at Clemson. You could could you see Elon being a team that's a uh, that's a, a flying anointment at a regional somewhere? They are the kind of team that that could just get on a roll offensively and win a bunch of games. You know, eighteen to eleven. I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah. it's their pitching is not good. It's it's just not. It's very inconsistent. I mean, they've got some some okay arms, but. So can you can you throw the caveat out there that maybe that league is just so hyper offensive with the bat rolling and the small parks and the hoy hoy that it's harder yeah. to get a gauge on there? So I mean that's that's maybe I mean that's a factor. I'm sure that inflates their 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 numbers a little bit, but they get they get knocked around in midweek too, though. They they just <laughs> I mean look at you know even even this weekend against Western Carolina. I mean you know they, they those they, games are insane. Those scores are insane. They win a lot of games like that. I mean it's you know they I, put 27 up on Western Carolina on Saturday. That's honestly. I like their team because I like their bats, but if you know, put them put them up in a regional with a North Carolina or a Virginia, and and I suspect the same thing's going to happen that that usually happens when they're in a regional with North Carolina. Uh, they're not, you know, the bats aren't going to carry them against those that caliber arms, and 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 their pitching is certainly not going to carry the load. Yeah, that's not their mo. They've got a lot of twenty scoring games. They put twenty on College of Charleston. They put twenty on Western Carolina. They got a lot of double digit games. It's a it's an offensive club. Missouri is not an offensive club. Uh, I keep talking like I'm a hockey writer or <laughs> listener, but uh, uh, Missouri, uh, you know, started the year what tenth in our preseason rankings. Yeah, it's been they had a steady, fairly actually a fairly rapid decline yeah. out of the rankings. They got a terrible start. I dare say terrible. Uh, but now they finished better, Aaron. They've won their last four weekend series, two against Kansas schools. 
and two again, one Texas Tech, and I leave the other one out. I forget who the other one was. Oklahoma. Nebraska, Nebraska, was Nebraska which uh, in the Big Twelve this year you got to sweep Nebraska, and they did. Um, but Missouri comes back into the rankings, I believe, at twenty-five. Correct. Um, second place in the Big Ten in the Big Twelve. I mean, that's kind of what we thought they would do this year. We, second or third? I think we had them third the preseason. Right. Uh, what's been the key? Has the has the uh, Johnny Holstaff Von Scherzer approach? <laughs> Been the the big key for Mizzou this year? Yeah, I mean it's I mean it's been it's been pretty effective. I mean it wasn't as effective this weekend, but it's you know certainly that's a, that's a that's a pretty creative move. I think let's, that they, let's, they, let's talk about that because we haven't talked about it on the podcast. They basically go Kyle Gibson, who after Kyle after Steven Strasburg, as good as any pitcher in the country this year, won. He goes Friday. Now Saturday they go Johnny Holstaff, right? No, well, or is it Sunday? Sunday. Well, they've kind of mixed it up. I, some, I know it started but, off as a midweek right, lately, thing, but lately now they've moved been, into the weekend. Lately, it's been Sunday. Um, you know, they have Nick Tepish that they throw out there, who's another really good power arm. But he's you'd like to see him be a little bit more consistent. I mean, he he's still a little has Tepish a, lately. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, his name sounds like an adjective, not yes, a not a last name. But uh, you know. You know this team. I I still don't know quite what to make of this team. I liked them a lot in the off uh, in, the, in the preseason, but one reason for that was because I thought they'd be better offensively. I, I liked their yeah, veterans, right. their their veterans. Uh, but I mean, Greg Folger's had had a really good year for them. The rest of those guys, not so much. I mean, Aaron Sene continues to be a, a pretty big disappointment. Ryan Lawless, another guy with a lot of talent, kind yeah. of disappointing. I mean, Steve Gray. I mean, these older guys. Yeah. Kyle Mock, just okay. I mean, you're no Tyler Mock. That's pretty much what I think of Kyle Mock when I see their box. That's true. <laughs> Tyler Mock. Boy, they, wish, they wish he was Tyler Mock. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that'd be pretty doggone good. This team, to me, I'm, I'm worried about them because um, I don't know. I don't know if I trust the, the, the Johnny Holstaff approach in the postseason. You know, and you got to win more than one or two games. I mean, I think they'll I think they'll win with Kyle Gibson whichever day he pitches because I love Kyle Gibson. I think he's terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, but after that, I think there's pitching question marks and offensively, Huge question marks for me. Yeah, they've been scoring enough to win lately, which is what they need to do. They that's won the, four straight series. That's the impressive thing is their offense seems like it's found its way, but it's still not. I mean, they're the team of, boy, Trevor Coleman hasn't been as good as you thought he would. Boy, Ryan Lawless hasn't been as good as you thought he would. You know, they have a lot of guys. It seems to happen kind of every year at Missouri. Yeah. There are a couple hitters who aren't as good as we thought they'd be. The pitching usually carries them. The, the two things about them, they, they've shown they can win a regional. They have won a regional with this coaching staff, not necessarily this group of players, but they've won a regional. They lost the Super at Fullerton right. that year. But uh, they have won a regional. They've been to regionals every year. These guys do know how to win. I think that experience has served them well in this finishing kick to the regular season as they have finished stronger. But uh, I still have my doubts on, on Mizzou uh, being a you know a stud yeah, real dangerous Omaha caliber team, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I thought they were going into the year, and I, I don't think they are now. Uh, but you know, looking at the other teams around them in the rankings, John, just to get back to that for a minute. Yeah. We, we had a very interesting debate today about you know what do you do with Missouri, what do you do with Miami? I, I think we all considered banging Miami out of the rankings after we did losing at Bethune Cook or at home against Bethune Cookman, um, and you know, just really who lately, else is there to rank? I mean, Texas State and, and Western Kentucky were the two teams we talked about. Right. Division le- or, or conference leaders in, in mid-majors. Um, you know, the the thing is, they kill Western Kentucky is they haven't played any top 25 teams. I mean, right. I, I like that team. I think they're they're similar to Elon, except maybe better on the mound. And I like that. And I like that league. They are very similar to Elon. 
Uh, maybe their conference, maybe their geography hurts them in that respect. That yeah. there are a lot of top twenty-five caliber teams around here for Elon to play. Right. Not as many around where Western Kentucky is. But I do think Western Kentucky they're going to be dangerous. And I think oh, that's. Yeah. A, I think the Sun Belt's a two-bid league, and there's a chance to three-bid league. I don't think it's going to be a three-bid league. I don't think there's Florida International or Troy has quite got the resume to get in. But it's a chance. I think Middle and Western are both. Uh, quite competitive, and I like both those teams. I Me mean, too. Western bit. can really mash. And uh, boy, if you haven't heard us talk about Bryce Brents yet, uh, here I'm talking about Bryce Brents. That guy's a stud at Middle Tennessee. So, uh, you know, he's a two way guy. Those teams are pretty interesting. I think I gave Western Kentucky the edge in my head over Texas State, but Texas State's individual, because the Sun Belt greater than Southland. But you made the point, Texas State's resume greater than Western Kentucky's resume. Yeah, they've got eight games against top 25 teams, and they've, they've won three of them, including uh, against number two Rice this past week. Right, and a couple I mean, wins against Baylor. A couple wins against Baylor. Back when that meant something. Back when that meant something. I mean, with Texas State, you know, they've had a great year. I mean, I, I don't think the Southland is, is such a bad conference. I don't think there's a lot that separates the Southland from the SoCon or the, or the Sun Belt. To me, I, I kind of throw those three leagues in a hat. I mean, usually I understand that the, the, the SoCon and the Sun Belt get more bids. I don't know if that necessarily means they're better leagues. It's a good point because maybe they aren't. Maybe the Southland just doesn't get enough respect. Could be. I believe some of our emailers have made that point, and that uh, helps us segue to our email questions this week at podcast at baseballamerica.com. Uh, we have several, so we'll just bang a couple of these out. Uh, Aaron, is there any possibility Creighton could host a regional? To asks Tim Swoboda, any precedent for something like this hosting off-site at uh, Nebraska's facilities? Um, no. I, I think there's a they're, they're not going to host a Nebraska facility. I don't think Nebraska's going to do them a solid like no. that. No. Uh, B. Creighton's not even leading the Missouri Valley anymore. How about Indiana State? The Sycamores uh, have, have risen up. As uh, P.D. Pablo once said about North Carolina, yeah. Indiana State, you got, I think Larry Bird, proud alumnus, that's the only Indiana State alum I know. I know. But Lindsey Meggs, the former UCLA yeah. player, coach at Chico State, won a Division II title at Chico State, going to Indiana State. I think this is his second or third season there and affecting a turnaround. This team is red hot. You know, they great captain this weekend. And they started, they started really good. Uh, early in the year, and I was kind of waiting on them. Well, let's see, you know, where this goes with these guys. Uh, they hadn't really beaten a lot of good teams, and they kind of hit a little bit of a slump in the middle of the season. But boy, they turn it around, and, and now they're playing great again. And, and yeah, that's a that, to me that team is a big surprise. Uh, I still I still like Missouri State coming out of that league uh, in the conference tournament. I think they're the most balanced team. They're experienced. I, I like them on the mound. I like them offensively. I think more than likely. The Valley is a one bid league. No question, it's I think a one it's, bid league. I think it's a it's a one bid league. One bid league, and uh, yeah, Missouri State's RPI is down at ninety. Uh, let's see how fast my fingers type here for Creighton's RPI. I don't know what it is. Off Tampa uh, has one ten. Uh, Indiana State definitely has the highest RBI, RPI uh, at sixty in that league. So if anyone's going to get a at large, it's Lindsey Meggs in Indiana State. So, but I, but I, but I don't the, see it happening. I think that's a long shot. I, I agree, but keep your eye on the Sycamores. Uh, more, much more so than uh, Creighton. And but you can read more about the though, Sycamores Tim. probably this weekend, a weekend preview. Absolutely. I was going to email you about a great uh, under the radar. Um, Reggie Deal asks about what do we think his questions about the Southland. Uh, he's actually asking. He's a grad student at Texas State San Marcos. Do you think of the Bobcats? Do you think the Bobcats are a personal or a tournament team? He also asked about Sam Houston, coached by friend of baseball America, Mark Johnson, one of the gentlemen of college baseball. Uh, we talked a little bit about Texas State. Oh, what's is there anybody else? I mean, Southeastern Louisiana has a good RPI in that league. Aaron, is that 
Is that a two-bid league by chance? You think the Southland's got a shot at Boy, two bids? you know, maybe it, maybe it does have a chance, John. I mean, it's... Uh, if, if not now, when? Again, we've talked about how there's a, there's a vacuum out there when you're trying to get to... Uh, you're trying to get to 64 teams. It, it isn't easy. I mean, I think... Uh, you know, Texas State, to me, I think if they don't win the conference tournament, they're in as, as an at-large team. I think it's that they're It's a gaudy safe. record, and it's a deservedly gaudy record. Southeast Louisiana, though, is at 47. Right. They'd they be on the bubble, I think. I mean, I think they're probably, probably on the wrong side of the bubble just because historically that league doesn't get to. and It doesn't mean it can't happen. but So much um, depends on what, happen, what happens elsewhere in all these conference tournaments. But yeah. I'm just looking at the, at the RPI, you know, who would you rather have, uh, Texas State, if they don't win the conference tournament, or Dallas Baptist? You know, I, w- I would think, and Texas State has a higher RPI, number one, but like Southeastern Louisiana, what's better, being second in a conference or being an independent that, you know, you throw Victor Black at a lot of midweek against big Big 12 teams, that kind of thing. Or, I don't Baptist know. That's a really just, tough. Just, just doesn't have quality wins for me. I don't think they do either. They're, for me, they're just not a regional team. But some of the teams that are ahead of these teams are guys like, uh, you know, Auburn's RPI is higher. Auburn ain't going to regional. No, no chance. No chance. Uh, you got a, a team in Florida Gulf Coast at 42 that's not even eligible. Right. For regionals, you got a team in Hawaii at 33 that's kind of hit you know, hard times. They're in trouble. And they did split four games with Fresno State. Their, their season is beep beep beep. Let's back it up. up. It is backing up. That's the official Will Kimmy nod of the day. Hit the Baseball America podcast. I mean, that's uh, which of course he stole from George Costanza, and it wasn't even funny in Seinfeld. But, <laughs> but Will, we remember you every week with the backing up, the beep beep beep. Um, and then I guess uh, we had one more podcast question uh, as we wrap up the podcast here on BaseballAmerica.com. We actually have several podcast questions, but time for one more. And that is, uh, you know, James Fisher, by the way, li- tries to listen to the podcast every week and really enjoys it. He's a KU alum. Uh, with the reason, you know, who are the players on the KU team that he should really know about? Um, they've got a third baseman in Thompson. Tony Thompson. Tony Thompson's got 18 great home year. runs. But it sounds like from a draft prospect standpoint, it actually sounds like people kind of like Richie Price's son, which is surprising. I'm not, I get my Price sons mixed up. One's the coach of South Dakota State. Yeah, Richie State. Price is a clo- uh, the coach of the Jackrabbits up at South Dakota State. And, Jack and he's done a really good job, I should add. He's really turned that team around this year. But, I mean, you know, Kansas to me is, is, is a club that really stands out more for just its its grittiness. and uh, they, they embody their coach. Yeah. Don't, do they not? I mean, they're a West Coast kind of team like Rich Price. They are a pitching and defense and pushing the bunts and, uh, you know, that kind of team. Right. I mean, they got uh, one bopper in the middle, like we said, Tony Thompson, but the rest of those guys, I mean, you know, I, I like I like uh, their catcher, Buck Affinier. I mean, he's had, a, he's had a solid year. He's a good player. He's got I've, some power. I've talked to Jim Callis. Actually, Jim's doing our draft coverage in the Midwest, and that is actually the guy that he's pointed out. A couple of interesting guys for down the road for this team. you got Zach Elgie, yeah. our guy out of North Dakota from Minot. Uh, he was the 13th round pick out of a Dakota last year. That tells you that this guy's got some real talent. Uh, they also have a couple of sons of big leaguers on this team. You got Jason Brunanski, who plays some right field, some center field, and I think that people do like their freshman pitcher Lee Ridenour. Yeah, he's. I mean, that, that's the guy that that Rich Price just raves about. He's he said he's the the best freshman pitcher he's had there. He's gotten a lot better just since the fall. He's gotten stronger, added velocity. Um, he's a guy to really keep an eye on. I mean, he's 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 got a he's got a lot of projection there. He's got a loose arm. I think he could really jump up uh, in, in the next couple of years as far as his draft stock goes. And the real question draft wise, I think for them is uh, how does uh, Bruce Bochy's son go out? Uh, how does Brett Bochy, who's been a got a lot of good strikeout numbers, I think he's lost his place as kind of like their closer. Yeah. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore, and uh, of course the million dollar question with Brett Bochy is what's his head size? Because you know <laughs> Bruce, his, his dad Bruce has got the biggest head. He's got the biggest, biggest noggin. head. This, this, this side, side of, of Ryan Myers. Johnson. No, which Baseball America <laughs> reference can we make sooner? I say it's RJ because RJ was like a legit eight 
eight and a quarter, wasn't he? Is that he? right? Yeah, yeah. But he had to have a specially ordered batting uh, helmet when he played I, in the Cape. I think it grew a couple of sizes after he hit that home run off of Felix. I think so. <laughs> Wouldn't yours? Would you if you took Felix uh, King Felix deep? Or Hernandez, that's his last name. I was going through all the uh, the popular Latin American surnames in my head. But, uh, yeah, Ryan Johnson had to have a specially ordered helmet when he was in the Cape. So I t- that tells you how big that guy's head. I think he could share Bruce Bochy's uh, hat size, though. So we'll see about Brett Bochy. But that's that's our that's my KU knowledge. I'm surprised how much KU knowledge I have, considering we kind of seed the Midwest of the country dra- come draft time to Jim Callis. But uh, but Aaron, again, a fun podcast this week. Uh, one more regular season one, and then next uh, next couple weeks when you're going to be on the road. We'll have to have some GChat or uh, iTunes, uh, not iTunes, some uh, uh, iChat uh, podcast. So it won't be quite the sterling quality of this podcast, uh, but you'll call in. So after the regular season's over, we'll just make sure we keep uh, doing these as much as Absolutely. possible. And we plan to podcast. i got to pick when I'm going to Omaha this year, what dates, uh, first weekend or last weekend. But we'll podcast all throughout the college playoffs as well. And uh, hope you like it. We've got a great response to the emails the last few weeks at podcast at baseballamerica.com. So really appreciate that. And thanks for the download. So for Aaron Fitt, I'm John Manuel. We'll see you next Monday here on the Baseball America College Podcast. Until then, so long, everybody.